I don't know. I don't know what for sure this is. I don't know either. I don't know. It's been a while. Literally and figuratively dusting the equipment off. Yeah. I think everything has been sitting up here getting a layer of dust on it since we shut it down last time. Yeah. Been a minute. But absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. Who knows if it, I don't know. I can't even begin to make any comment on any regularity. Yeah. Life is, nah. life has been extremely, extremely chaotic. Yeah. And I, you know, we've, we've talked about that in the past about, oh, that's going to be every week. And sorry we missed. I say we just, y'all just be grateful for anything that comes down the pipe for, for now, you know? We worked really hard for a long time to maintain a, a pretty regular releases. And I think I liken this to working out. You have to work to maintain your working out. And as soon as you take like two days off, like it's eight months later. <laughs> I know. I know. Doesn't it feel that way? Oh, like, yeah. I don't know how long we've actually been apart. It's still in my mind feels like, oh, it's been a few weeks since we recorded. But I, it's been a couple few months. I don't, I don't know how long it's I, been. I honestly couldn't. But I, yeah, it's like working at you. It, it gets gets easier and easier to not do it and much harder to get started again. Mm-hmm. I think if you want, I think it's okay to talk a little bit about the, just the frustration, the doubt, whatever you want to call it, that, that creeps and causes, aside from life being busy, I don't think it's bad to say that, because I get this with YouTube. It's the same, it's the same constant churning. Like you, you work, you work, you, you do all this to put together a 25, 35 minute episode and you put it out and it's just like, it just gets gobbled. And then you, it's like, oh, that's it. It's like, oh, there, it's on to the next one. Everyone's ready for, for more. It's if I feel like you put so much work into it and then it's just like, I don't want to say it's, it's unappreciated. I think it's appreciated, but it's just, it's, it's similar to, to when you haul a load of cattle, you drive all day and all night, you get out to Nebraska and you unload and you're like, okay. And then you're like, oh, we just drive back. We just drive all the way back home now. And like, we don't get to like stay out here and kind of revel in the moment. It's, it's, it's not. And I, I get to feeling that way sometimes with YouTube where I, I don't even know how to describe it, but you, it's just, it's daunting, I guess. And then there's moments where you're like, is this even, like, I know people enjoy it, but man, alive, it is a lot of work and time for this. You almost find yourself saying for, for what? Do you feel that a little bit? Yeah. I, I mean, this is me with my YouTube channel. This is how I, and I don't know if some of that correlates with the... Oh, for sure. And I will admit that I'm probably the one who has been virtually 100% responsible for not recording podcasts. I mean, it's, it's your call, but like I've been busy. I've been, I've been the fall run. Like we haven't recorded since before the fall run and the fall run is now over. Like, it, you know, yeah, last year we made it through the fall because I had some loads out of here, but I, I haven't had a single load out of here the whole fall run. Mm. So like I never even was here. So yeah, you can say it was a hundred percent you, but I'm, I'm willing to, you know, you're willing to ride, ride along with yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how things continue. It's sure easy not to do it. I know. Very easy not to do it. 
It, yeah, it is. But I, I will say it, it keeps us in touch a lot more. That's true. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe make another push. I guess this is just honesty moment with anyone listening. Yeah. It's, it's uh, I mean, it's the time commitment to do it with our differing schedules and the distance we live from each other makes it, I mean, it's a commitment for us time-wise to make it work. But there's, you mean to get, there's financial, there's financial commitments getting, you know, you're paying someone to edit episodes. You're paying to hope, you know, have, I don't even know what they call it. A host, let's just call it a host. host Put to put out, you know, all the platforms. Yeah. You know, and there's, and so you, you do that and you, 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 hope that you can find someone to to sponsor a little bit to offset a little bit of that cost. And that's been a little discouraging, that side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's man there has been there has been companies that I thought would be just an absolute perfect match and lock for sponsorship. And you reach out and, and you either get no response or you get no thank you. It's a deflating like, it feels like who you're marketing to is exactly who's listening. Like it's exactly who you want to. And then I go see where they're advertising at. And I'm like, advertising to like high school cheerleaders? <laughs> Female cheerleaders? <laughs> when you're selling a, a grease product? <laughs> and it's on their feed. Uh, <laughs> that's so, so that's hard. I mean, if you could just get a little traction, just some kind of, some kind of monetary traction to offset some of the cost it would go a long way yeah it's hard and because i i mean the things that we do for our normal income commands a fairly high hourly rate right so my my time i've, I've become accustomed to getting a certain amount of money <laughs> for my time yeah yeah i mean what's a few hours i mean what's three hours a week in your dental office i mean gosh i mean or you're trucking yeah. i mean it's your your time is our time is has got a value amount to it, and so when you when you take you know it's not just paying paying for all the productions and everything of a, of a podcast or YouTube you know by yourself it is it's you're taking all that time away when you can be and time away from your family like yeah it's here like we're at your house but at the same time our regular jobs do command that we're we're gone all the time going going going. You were telling me, when did you go into the office? You've been going in at 4 a.m. Like 4 a.m. 4 a.m. Because that's the only window you can find to to do some certain things. And Well, I mean, the big thing is, I mean, I, I'm, my dental office is not unique to this. Insurances, either people are losing insurances at the end of the year, their insurances are rolling over and they're losing, you know, 2023's dental benefits. They go away and they get new benefits in 24. So you get this rush at the end of the year. For that everyone wants to get in as if they didn't know this for the previous 10 and a half months. All these months. Yeah. So you just get in this, you crunch where you're, you know, people are like, I got to get this. And so you're just eking out every second of your schedule to, to, you know, accommodate, um, accommodate the, the need to use your, your, someone's dental benefits. Someone needs to use their dental benefits. So this is a really, should I call this my fall run? It is. I guess it is my fault. Right? Mine kind of eases right as yours really starts rolling your last six weeks of the year. You know, and then you, you know, people take time off for Thanksgiving. So you're just, your, your time gets less. And I've a big chunk of my 
my chaos is I've been doing a lot of traveling for for educational purposes. To keep my dental license active, you have to do a certain amount of continuing education. And so if I'm if I have to do it to keep my license active, I try and point my education in areas that I'm interested in or, you know, new technologies or new things to just So that's what's led to the I got to go to Luke's dental office last night and I didn't realize how into the next century or the twilight zone technologically that you're going with your dental office. It's, it's <laughs> Some a, of that stuff you a, had it's going. a funny, it's kind of a funny, I don't know if dichotomy is the right word. Let's just call it dichotomy. And I'm probably using that word incorrectly, but I, I almost can't turn a computer on. <laughs> Yet. I really struggle with, with computers and understanding it. Yet I am... I'm fairly committed and deep into digital dentistry, which is all computer. And I felt like I felt like walking in there that this would be the dental equivalency of like what do they like call it like bleeding edge tech, right? Like it's like the you are the tip of the spear. I mean, we go in, he's doing some digital scanning for my sister, and she gets in the chair and he has this wand probe thing that goes in her mouth and just starts kind of waving it over her teeth, almost like a magic wand. And as he's doing this, this unbelievably 3D, like super defined, very precise image is being, as the more he waves this wand, I know this is probably sounding really crude to you, but it's, it's like creating on the computer screen this fully... I mean, it's a 360 in any direction, up or down, side to side model of the teeth. So you can see, I mean, everything that's going on. And this is just one of the small things that I'm trying to explain to everybody. But here we are in little old rural Montana and we walk into the, there's like lasers and strobe lights and stuff going on. I thought I'm teasing a little bit, but I I was really impressed with the, the investment that you're making. Well, a lot of my more recent education has been just further understandings of the softwares and the capabilities of, of, excuse me, of digital dentistry. And so my days are so full at the office that I, I have to go in sometimes at 4am just to practice, to, to run, run through scenarios and just practice using the software and the design things. Anyway, we don't need to go down that, but that's been a huge part of wasn't this like to so you guys could see what this is like you've been to the dental i know i have where they fill a tray full of this gooey foam stuff and they shove it in your mouth to make like this impression of your teeth is that what that's for yeah to make an impression Mm -hmm. and then they pull it out and they send that off and a company fills that full of uh plaster essentially yeah and it makes like this 3d model of your teeth exactly digital dentistry was basically eliminating that and you were creating that mold instantly in the chair on your screen. So yeah, all the stuff that you would, let's call it do analog. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. You know, plaster models, you know, goop, your mouth, take impressions of your mouth. It, it, you take, you scan a digital scan of your teeth and then all of the, all of the fabrication of anything you need to do, you can do it all on a computer now. Instead of having to, you know, build a crown outside of the mouth, you you build it all on the computer, and then you have you mill it out of out of blocks of ceramic or whatever your 
you're going to make it out of. I mean, it, the this is the very basic. You know, it, you just go down. Really you can go need, a long ways. Yeah, a long ways with digital. This, I mean, we don't need to get into that on this. Well, I mean, but it's, but it's interesting just because this all ties into part of why we've been busy and tied up and whatever. So the one, the last thing that I thought was neat, just one of the last little technical nuggets, was you had 3D printers yep. in your office now too. Yeah, which ultimately would be able to create dentures. You can 3D print dentures. Yeah. We're not right. We're not quite there yet with like printing crowns. You can do temporary crowns printed, uh-huh. but the the materials aren't quite there for like permanent crowns printed. So we mill the crowns instead of printing them. But huh. a lot of, a lot of things you can, you can, you can do with the print, the printers I mean, I, with all the digital. I've always been, here's my fascination with 3D printing. And I'll tell you a little story that this ties into now is I'm like, there's got to be a way or some kind of super hardcore printer. This would probably be, you would need crown strength material. But for obsolete truck parts, Mm. there's certain parts you just can't get anymore. I'm like, wouldn't it be so nice to be able to just wave the wand? Metal or plastic? Both. So I mean, you can't 3D print metal, but like hard plastic stuff. So this is, I just got a, what do they call that? A Kickstarter? Is that the name of those? crowdfunding things yeah yeah no it was a it was a camera that's coming out and so it's a camera that scans any object in three dimensions so okay. it's a three-dimensional a scan a camera and so then you can take that and upload it into your computer program which then i theoretically could then 3d print it print. so if you have an obsolete truck part that you need in your truck with this camera you could take pictures of it, which would make it in three dimensions and it, and then it creates a, a digital file that can be transferred to the 3d printer and printed. Mm-hmm. So what I have, I, I, sh- I theoretically should be able to do that. In fact, not theoretically, I absolutely can do that. I don't know why I said theoretically. <laughs> I absolutely can do that. Uh-huh. So I, in fact, I, I've debated getting, putting money down for this camera, uh-huh. this Kickstarter. <laughs> I had a guy come in that had these, it was a little metal tube with a with a with a female thread on one end. Okay. And had these little plastic toothpicks that would screw into the, the female thread. And he had some areas in his mouth. He goes, I've tried everything. This is the only thing that I can keep this part of my mouth clean with. I just love these, but I, I cannot buy them anywhere. They don't make them at all. <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, let me, you know, leave one of those here. I'm <laughs> I've got this 3D printer. This was as I was getting it set up. I go, I'm, I might be able to do that. But now I could, if I had this camera. You could just, just yeah. take the picture of that piece that he needs, which will be a perfectly accurate representation, then just 3D print it. And he's got them. Huh. <laughs> okay. So I've got, a, I've got a part on my truck. I've been driving Blue 3, which is the, the international cab over. And it's, I've been fixing on it and I'm getting it a lot tighter, getting rid of a lot of the rattles and shakes and things that old trucks have. But one thing that I'm stuck on right now is the shifter and the gear shift for a cab over is unique because when you tilt the cab up, all the shifter, the shifter disconnects from the shift linkage because the cab has to go up. And then when you let the cab back down, the shifter linkage reconnects, the shifter reconnects with the linkage that stays with the truck. And then 
it all reconnects and you can shift gears again, you know? So on this particular truck, there is a, the, the joint between the gear shift and the linkage is basically a ball and socket joint. The ball being on the linkage and then the socket being on the bottom of my gear shift. It's kind of almost shaped like a trumpet horn. It's like a so it comes down over this metal ball and then that's you know when the cab's down that's what shifts the transmission linkage well that that little trumpet horn joint is wore out and so it creates some slop and rattle in the cab when you hit a bump or something it rattles around mm. and so what I've done to overcome it is I've I put a dirty rag in yeah, there? Yeah, originally I was putting a dirty rag over the ball <laughs> on the linkage, right? So when the little trumpet horn would go over, the dirty rag would take up the slop. But it's such a violent motion between the joint that it will shred and tear through that rag in the matter of a day. Hmm. And so the last thing that I did was like, you know, like a really hard leather work glove, like the rough cut leather that you buy at the truck stops. I bought a pair of those and I cut the thumb off and I put the thumb, the leather from the thumb mm. part of the glove over that little ball. And then I greased it and everything, put the linkage, put it back together. And it was almost too tight. You know, it almost wasn't enough. Mm. But I stuck with it, worked it in. It lasted for like four days and it, it tore a hole through that leather. It chewed through the leather of that glove. I wonder if when you're doing the calf castration, when you cut the little sack, the scrotum sack off, that's <laughs> if you put that scrotum sack over that ball and let it just let it cure on there, let it shrink. <laughs> It'd be a nice tight fit. It's reminding me of that. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's like going over that. I don't know. We used to put those on the antennas of trucks. Yeah, like <laughs> so. Anyone who's castrating, I don't know why it just was a like okay, kind yeah, funny we, thing. But you that. When you're castrating those calves, which we talked about the castration, I think we've talked about castration mm -hmm. on here before. You know, you're cutting this the scrotum sack, so which just this little it's this little hairy pouch essentially. Mm -hmm. And if you put that over the ball of your antenna on your vehicle, as it dries out, it shrinks. Yeah, real tight, and it stays on there. You just got this little. It ends up looking like remember the little trolls, yeah, like the troll hair, yeah. the little wild hair. Yeah, that's what it looks like on top of your antenna. <laughs> so, so I randomly get an email. From a fall. Well, hold on before yeah, we do that. Um, yeah. I don't, I couldn't 3D print that piece though, because I'd be printing the wore out piece. You need a new one. You need a new one, huh? Yeah. It's true. And, I, and then I'd have to wonder, hmm. I don't know what material would be hard enough to. I don't know. I can't believe it'll chew through a leather like in a week. It just chewed right through the leather. Is it a metal piece? The horn? Yeah. I think is, I think it's kind of like a, maybe that cast iron. I, it's hard to say. But you can't get your hands on one. You can't find one. No, I've tried. There's none. There's none available anywhere in the U.S. So I get an email from a, a follower in uh, South Africa. And he's like, hey, I watched this video of you and your big international with the big stand-up sleeper. I love it. I'm going to get a stand-up international. He sends me a picture of his current international. It's like a 2005 or something. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. You guys still have international trucks. They still make them. And like, you have them. So I sent him all the part numbers and on VIN and everything. And I'm like, is there any way you can hunt this down? And so he worked for like three weeks trying to find this part for me. And he just emailed me just now. I was just checking it while you were firing up the computer. And he's like, I'm sorry, man. There's nothing here. There's nothing. There's junkyards, but who knows what shape those are in. It's a, it's a bad wear point on these trucks. 
Sorry. Mm-hmm. So now I'm I'm back. He's like, your only other chance is to have someone machine some special part. But I think I'm gonna have to go more drastic. I'm gonna I've got some ideas. Mm-hmm. We're going to go extreme. We're going to do a total Frankenstein on it. Well, you've been down that path before. Mm-hmm. My mechanic, Joe, who listens to the podcast. That's how we met. Remember Joe down in Billings? He says that Mac cabovers have a whole different system that don't separate. The stick stays with the truck. So when you jack the cab up, essentially mm-hmm. there's an engine and then just the stick shift standing tall. <laughs> All by itself. <laughs> and they just cut a big enough hole in the floor that when you let the cab down, the stick shift goes through the hole. And he's like, we'll just get a Mac box and shifter and we'll just retrofit it onto your linkage. Mm. Make it work. So I think that's going to be our next plan. All right. Well, I mean, as anyone listening can tell, this thing's wandering. It's wandering. So it's kind of just a catch up. Just yeah, kind of. Like, yeah, I'm it's not really going anywhere. I'm going to go over a couple emails that have come in sporadically. This first one, I've never seen this last name, Y-M-K-E-R Yimker, hmm. which I, I mean, it's, it's spelled that almost makes me think he, he did a typo on his own last name, but <laughs> no, I mean, most people don't do a typo, but it looks like it. But uh-huh. anyway, Nate Yimker is his, is his name and he's, he's probably laughing going, oh, you're not even, you really, <laughs> you know, but there's no pronunciation guide with it. So you just got to do your best. I promise you, I'm not the first person to pronounce it that way. <laughs> anyway. So Nate sent a, an email and I, he, he, he asked us to do a little bit more um, getting back to like mentorship and guidance for truckers and also wanting to get more truckers as guests on the show. Yeah, we, all stuff we would love to do and we'll, we'll work towards it as we continue doing this. We have a lot of guests that we'd love to get on here. I have a whole list in my phone. Truckers, it, we just, again, it's just finding the time to sit down to do this thing. But anyway, the, the coolest thing he did is he sent a satellite image off Google um, of a place called the 44 Washout outside of Corsica, South Dakota. And he sent a picture and he goes, is this Rooster's Old Blue? Which Rooster's Rooster quit driving how many years ago? And 2015, I think, was the official kind of last runs that he did. But when did, yeah, so that was like what have been like the last times he was in South Dakota almost 10 years ago, mm-hmm. eight years ago, whatever that is. Anyway, he's got on, he sent this close up the satellite image, and Jackson, I both think it's his truck. I'm gonna call it 100%. I'm gonna call it 100% match. <laughs> so, if anyone wants, Jackson went on his own Google Earth and looked up, and <laughs> yeah. he, he thinks it's right. What'd you put in there to, to, to look it up, just Corsica, South Dakota? Yeah, so if you if you want, there's a highway that goes south out of Corsica, South Dakota. It goes about a mile south, and there's a T in the highway. If you follow the T to the west, about three, 400 yards, and then a little bit to the north of that gravel road, there's a little washout right there. You'll see a little stock, it looks like a little stock pond, and then a cement pad. And you'll see Dad's truck the the truck and trailer now, now here's here's why we think we, first of all first of all nate i, I have <laughs> i have no i mean what were you doing <laughs> like like how does how you've ever in a million years found that like what were you doing that you right. came across that yeah yeah i just would love I would to love know follow-up email you, from you nate to know how, how you came across, came across that. that but here's if anyone goes and looks this up here's the things where 
or Nate must really been dialed in on some some really fine points <laughs> of old Roosters, old blue. Mm-hmm. But here's the things where Jackson and I look at it. First of all, it's a blue cab over with an attached box, mm-hmm. which you don't, you, I, you never no. see them. No. And then also you add on the pup that it's pulling. Right. You never see those. So just that in itself, you're like, yeah, probably. But there's one detail this in here. dead ringer, man. That absolutely nails it. Is This is a satellite image. So you're looking straight down on the truck. And we've talked about how Rooster had converted his cattle truck in to be able to backhaul from South Dakota to Montana, corn or soybeans. Yeah. And the way he would load his truck is he, he cut big holes in the roof of his of his cattle boxes and he would load from, and then he cut holes in the floors as well that he, you mm-hmm. know, he could plug them up. But anyway, when you're looking down on this, you can see the holes in the roof of this thing yeah. where the, there's three on the pup trailer and two on the truck. And, and there cannot just, be any way there's another <laughs> rig no in the way. world that is a blue cab over with the, the cattle pot attached to the truck, pulling a pup with those holes in the roof. Uh-huh. There, there just could not be another and one And then in the to world. take it one last step, and this one's really hard. Does it look like on the roof of the truck, that there's a white something? Yep. When he put that truck together, he got one of those old boomerang satellites mm-hmm. that would help you get local cable or public stations and put up one of those. He was one of the last boomerang satellites went on the top of that truck. And I'm pretty sure you can see the boomerang satellite on top of his You can definitely too. see that white. Something white there. there. So, so Nate, man, <laughs> I, uh, unbel- I, I just, in, I, please let us know how in the world. Here's another funny thing. I don't know, Nate, maybe you've been to that washout. Maybe you use it. It sounds like you knew a little bit about it. As you know, there is a shower. So there's a pump shack there next to the pad. And in the pump shack is just a couple big old pumps that pump the water. Just on and off switch. Always real dirty. Lots of flies, you know, a little manure on the floor. In the pump room, there's also, they put a shower in there. Just like a plastic shower. And it's, you know, you can shower if you want. But it's so inside the pump shack that you feel like you'd probably get more dirty trying to get into the shower than, you know, and getting back out of it. Rooster is a a valiant follower and user of the shower there. He's always used the shower. He always asked me, you you watched the 44? And I was like, yeah, I did this week. You use the shower? I'm like, no. (laughs) No, you know, most of the truck stops now, you can get a free shower if you fuel. So I just took it on up the line there to old Plankington. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then another irony is that the Sioux Falls Stockyards had a promotional pamphlet. It's tore down now. It's long gone. But the Sioux Falls Stockyards have a promotional pamphlet that they would give out to people to like, hey, bring your stuff here. It's the center of the universe. And they have an aerial shot of the whole stockyard, the, the sheep station, the pig station, the cow station. And you can even see maybe a little bit of John Morrell packing plan across the street. And on the side of the parking lot is dad's truck. It's a satellite image or not satellite. Back then it would be an aerial, aerial. shot from an airplane, but it's an aerial <laughs> shot with dad's semi there. So it seems to be like everything in South Dakota shot from the sky as a picture fittingly of Rooster's old there, Rooster's man. Oh, That was funny. <laughs> I got another email here. Now, this one's from David Beachy. And he said, he's been wanting to get into livestock hauling since I was a little Amish kid. Mm. So, 
obviously not an Amish kid anymore if he's wanting to haul and drive his big trucks. Right. But he said he, he's finally getting to where it could be within reach in the next year. So speaking of that, David, if you have any questions for Jackson about how to get over that hump to haul livestock, yeah, you know, let us know. But he joined a few Facebook groups to gain insight onto livestock hauling. Right there is probably mistake number one. I was just going to give him two thumbs down and then you said it. mistake number one. But he put in capital letters, holy cow, are they a bunch of who's stroking wannabe celebrity donkeys? Oh, exactly. Dude. He said, my question, is that the majority of cattle haulers or just the ones online? Uh, I feel like it's the bulk of them. I'll be honest. It's, you don't find a lot of the good old easy going. A lot of them are pretty wound up and hard to talk to. And like, oh, okay. I, there are in, in our listening community, I, I feel like it would be most of the good old boys, but most of them are, yeah, pants tucked into their cowboy boots and stomping around the truck stop and hollering and swearing and, and just real like, wow, you're just a lot, man. You're, you're just a lot. And so that, that's, that's the typical, yes, that's the typical, I call him the Billy Bull Holler. The Billy Bull Holler. Yeah, that's, so yeah, uh, good idea. Stay away from the Facebook groups, <laughs> reach out if you have some specific questions, but best thing is, you know, maybe growing up Amish, you have a lot of livestock uh, experience. I don't know how long you were part of the community, but I kind of think sometimes the, the uh, livestock haulers trying to think of like have you seen the top gun movies yep okay i kind of feel like the livestock haulers parallel strongly to the classes in those top gun movies <laughs> you got some you yeah. got some pretty good old boys that are down to earth you know pretty legit you got some that are pretty hot shoddy i mean you got they're all they're all gangsters, so to speak, because they're out there hauling livestock, right. which is brutal, <laughs> brutal truck driving. Uh-huh. So, you know, these guys, if they're in Top Gun school, they're gangster pilots. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. True. But within that, within that kind of a unique sphere or niche, niche yeah. of, of pilots or truck drivers, <laughs> you get a pretty wide variety. Uh-huh. Um, I will say that my, my overall impression is if if you're looking, I think Facebook groups in general, you're gonna probably not find the the cream for and there's very finding l- stuff out. Very little positive, constructive instruction going on. It's usually you're an idiot. Why would you do that? Oh, oh. like that's even that's even part of putting out videos hauling livestock like that's been my last several videos and the next several coming out are all fall run livestock videos and that's it's that it's like oh the internet's just not a great place typically for positive <laughs> you know <laughs> thought and ideas mm. all right let's see got another one here adam rogers he asked, what do you use Jackson for GPS? His wife does horse hauling up and down the East Coast, and she uses Apple Maps and not always that satisfied. Um, so she, they're curious. Oh, and she's, he said his 76-year-old mother watches Wild Wild West. Oh, so, I know. Yeah. a girl. So what GPS do you use? And he says, if a GPS is asking you to reroute dramatically, do you do it? 
I, okay, here's the first rule of everything. You trust no, trust no GPS ever. It's, wasn't there, I don't even know what it was about, but there was trust but verify, some phrase of something in the country. You can trust your GPS, but you need to verify every route. Don't ever blindly follow it. I don't, I don't use a GPS, so to speak. Like I don't have a Garmin or a Cobra or any of that. They're extremely expensive. And they still get you in trouble, even the trucker approved ones. I like to pick where I'm going and then take take some time while I'm eating or whatever truck's warming up and use my satellite map and go through the route. And if it's rerouting you, like why? Because mine will try to reroute you sometimes saying it's shorter. And one time I followed it in Colorado and it took me on like 20 miles of, it was a good gravel road, but it took me like 20 miles of gravel. I was like, so it could save like four miles. It's like, what? So there's the verify. Okay, it wants me to reroute. Well, let's look at the satellite image of this route. You zoom in and you're like, that's a gravel road. We're not, we're not going that way. Do you use Google Maps usually? I'll use, I use both Google and Apple Maps, kind of a combination of the two back and forth. But I, I, never, set, I, never, set a, I never set a destination in my phone and just go with it hardly ever. I, if I'm going through a city and I know I got to make sure I don't miss some interchanges, I will just to get through the city. Mm-hmm. But I'll just put a destination that I know is just on the other side of town, not my final destination. And that, that tends to kind of help keep things from getting, you know, too hairy. But I kind of I know I've been on a lot of places, so I kind of know generally what roads and routes and whatnot. Yeah, it seems like horse hauling you would not... You don't, you don't just have the same more route from Montana and Nebraska. Right. And, you know, the thing about that is she's probably in a, in a pickup and trailer, yeah. him, I guess. So you're not going to, like, get stuck on some road somewhere that you can't, you know, back out of or flip around in someone's driveway. Like in a semi, you go down the wrong road and you're like, well, good luck. But, you know, thankfully she can probably get out of some bad spots. Yeah. Well... It's crazy. I can I can remember I can remember not having GPS and just having to pull out map, carrying map books, uh-huh. stopping on the side of the road, going, "All right, where where's this road I'm supposed to be turning?" Uh-huh. You know, yeah, trying to trying to relocate when you're with a map. It's crazy. That yeah, that's just like no one, it's not a thing anymore. You know, that's always been one of my fascinations is maps. I can even now I can open one and just sit. Freddie kind of has the same thing going. Just oh, I just love. I don't know what it is, but I love just checking them out. <laughs> I'm good. Well, what else? I've got a I've I've got a question for this happened to me this week. This was kind of an interesting it's just interesting. Okay. So let me ask you if if someone called your dental office and said, I need a filling. You know, I, I'm gonna I need a filling. I need to have a cavity filled. Is it is just, is it just a standard, this is the price? No. It's not. So you, you can't price it. Is there anything in your office you do that's like, okay, a tooth cleaning is this? Yeah. or mm-hmm. Okay, so like a cleaning. Well, here's why it, if someone says they need a filling, it's, I can't tell them a price. I can see here's the range of price. <laughs> Cavities are billed based on how many surfaces of the teeth the filling involves. Oh, how deep they go in? Not how deep. So like, it, like your, back, your molars in the back. Okay. The top of it, which you chew, is one surface. So that you could have a filling that is two millimeters big or a filling that's 12 millimeters big. It's the same cost because that's the surface. 
it's, the, it's one surface. Okay. If that if it goes from the top over the over the side, like towards your tongue on the side of your tooth, now it's oh. two surfaces. Oh, some will like wrap around the tooth over the edge. Oh yeah. Oh the yeah. There, there's Very so your common. tooth has five surfaces. Has the top, okay. the cheek side, the tongue side, and then the front and the back. Okay. Yeah. So you got five sur- you got five surfaces. So you could have a feeling that could could involve all five surfaces, or you could have one that's one surface. Is that like the Grand Slam feeling? <laughs> no, that's, that's a nightmare feeling. Feeling because it should have a crown on it, and someone's like, "No, I don't want to do it." And so you're okay. trying to rebuild this giant. Okay. No, those are the not the Grand Slams. They're the nightmares. Okay, so feeling's not a good so set someone, price example. No, because it's like it. It depends on how many the surfaces are involved. Okay, that's but, how they're built. But a cleaning, a tooth cleaning, yes, is an exam, like a exam, an X-ray, a cleaning, a, mm-hmm. a denture a night guard a, there's some things that are for sure set okay. so if you could sit, just if you called into some say you called into you know you're not a dentist but if you called in and said hey how much to have my teeth cleaned and examined and they say you know the total package we offer for cleaning and x-rays and consult with the dentist is four hundred dollars you're like oh okay well thanks okay yeah i'll whew, i'll think on that thanks and then a week later, the dentist calls you back and says, hey, about that cleaning you called about last week, we'll do it for $275. What would your, your feeling be? Happy that you're saving money? Yeah, I'd probably question, say, what, why? Would you question the business of the, like, whoa. How did you go from, and they were adamant when you first, when you first, when they said $400, you said, that seems kind of high. And they said, well, that's, you know, cost of, we got to hire receptionists. We got, we got a lot of costs in this. Okay, well, what would you think? I'll give you something to think about. Initially, I would be happy that, oh, well, that's cheaper. But again, I go, well, what, how do you, you just, you like, you explain why it's $400. Why is it sudden all of a sudden? Well, what if I told you, well, I've had a hygienist who had been here for, for 25 years, you know, and as, as you gain experience in time, your, your, what you get paid goes up per hour uh-huh. and she has recently retired and we've just hired a much younger hygienist who doesn't have as much experience. So her starting wage is quite a bit cheaper. So our overhead is less. So we've decided to drop our prices. Okay. Then that would be acceptable. <laughs> I mean, that would be acceptable, right? So I get, I get a call from a guy a while ago. And he wanted me to haul some hay for him. He's like, I need hay hauled from A to B. And what's it going to cost a mile? And I really don't like charging by the mile locally because you, you just there's too many variables, kind of like filling. Where you're going, how many miles of gravel, what's it, you know. Do you have equipment on the other end that's going to unload me mm. in a reasonable amount of time? And, and then I typically just charge by the ton. He wanted a per mile rate. And I said, oh, we'll get together after the cattle season. And so last week we get back together and he's like, I, I talked to a guy up around Lewistown. Cause I was kind of telling him like, ah, man, I'm, I'm pretty busy. If, if you can find someone, don't worry about it. And he said, well, what would you charge? And I think I told him for the particulars of this load, I said, I'd be around $8 and 50 cents a mile, which sounds really high to you guys out there listening. But this is a, you know, 110,000 pound load, oversized, 45 bales going, going a ways down the road. Are you loading and unloading too or someone loading? Yeah, you'd probably be loading yourself anyway. Probably not unloading, but loading yourself. And 
And it's it's a very not cheap, but not high, just a very solid, you know, bid he's going to get from someone. But I told him, I said, and he was kind of like, oh man, that's a lot. And I'm like, yeah, I know it. It is, but it's just, it's where we're at. And I explained that. I said, you're, you're with me, you're competing against, I'm hauling cattle. Like that's, I will haul hay, but cattle's my jam, especially this time of year. So you're more competing with what I make hauling cows than other hay haulers, right? Yeah, no, okay, okay. He said, I, I did talk to somebody else up there and got a, got a quote, but man, I was, oh man, I, we, we had it out and I, I'm not happy with him. I said, okay, well, what was the story? And who was it? And he couldn't, and he finally told me who it was and it won't mean anything to any listeners, so I won't bother to mention, but um, he said, okay, so I called this guy and I said, what's it going to cost to haul this hay down? And he said, $10 a mile. And I was like, wow, that's a lot. And that is a lot. It's very high. And he goes, well, it's, you know, fuel's high. And, you know, I, it, it costs a lot to run these trucks and tires and blah, blah, all the typical things that truckers kind of vomit out to say why they're charging as much as they are. And so he goes, oh, yeah, I, that's probably not going to work. So, you know, they get off the phone. And he tells, a few days later, he calls the hay producer and says, I, the guy you told me to call was 10 bucks a mile. I can't do that. Huh, oh, wow, I didn't realize he was that expensive. Sheesh, okay, well, we'll have to find someone else, which is how he ended up somehow getting my number. So he goes, so I'm in the midst now of telling this man, if you can find somebody else to haul it cheaper than me, because, you know, 850s, mm, I will not be offended at all. Like, go for it. I know you got to save all the money you can where you can. There will be zero hard feelings. I got plenty of other stuff to do. And he goes, no, no. I did have a guy tell me he'd haul it for eight. And I was like, well, who's that? Same guy said he'd haul it for 10. (laughs) And I said, oh, really? (laughs) Well, what happened? He goes, he texts me back a week later and says, hey, I can haul that hay for eight bucks a mile. And he goes, Really? He goes, yeah. I, I was just looking at it. I can do it for eight a mile. And he said, I don't want anything to do with you at all. You're not hauling any of my hay. And I was like, well, that sounds like a deal. I'm at 850. That's cheaper than me. And he goes, yeah. But a guy that'll go from $10 to $8 for no reason at all and do it in the course of three days, I think he was just trying to hose me down the first time, telling me 10, just throwing a number out to see what would stick. Because if it, if it was a guy that wasn't quite as, you know, studious or whatever, they'd have probably been like, well, I guess that's what it costs. Yeah, I'll pay you 10 And then that trucker would have got away with $10 a mile. So he was just trying to rip people off. And I, I ain't giving my money. I'll, I'll pay more money to you because I'm an angry old Irishman. I'll pay more money to you than I will, you know, to him. And so I thought it was an interesting take where even though the guy was offering this great deal at $8 a mile, he lost all of his legitimacy in the, to the, you know, to the guy that was trying to hire him because he just, he goes, I could see going down like 50 cents or something like, well, I sharpened my pencil. I could probably knock 50 cents a mile off and do it for nine fifty. But when you go like a 20% drop for no reason, I don't like it. Huh. It's kind of interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, it is interesting. And I, I mean, what's your take on it? So my take was that 
once I knew who it was and all the particulars, I was like, oh, he just doesn't really know. He, the guy, he's not a like a trucker trucker, doesn't make his full living trucking. So he's probably just throwing stuff out there and, you know, and he was probably getting that last year when things were crazy and trucks were short and, mm-hmm. and uh, the gravy trains run out. But I, I could see that. I could see that like, why didn't you just, like me, I just, this is my price. I have, this is my margins. If I run for 850, I'm all right. That it works for me. It should work for you. I know it's still a lot of money in the end, but that's, I feel like it's, that's, this is my service. This is my rate. And, and I've kept, you know, I've kept it, I kept it that way with my customers. Even when things got tight with COVID, I didn't really mess with the supply and demand. This had nothing to do with supply and demand. Yeah. But I, I just, I feel like with trucking more often than not, you can kind of say, here's what I do. Here's what it is. I'm not asking for more money because you're a guy I feel like I can take advantage of, or I'm giving you a huge discount because you're my neighbor. I just kind of keep it. This is where I'm at. This is what I offer. And apparently that's what that guy appreciates more than not. Huh. So I'm, we were talking about something before the podcast that tied into this, and I was trying to remember what it was, but it was it was in a similar vein. I was with that piece of dental equipment that I'm had wanted oh, yeah. for a while that yes, so, all of a sudden has been dropped by fifty percent. So the numbers on that were pretty drastic too. Yeah, but you, I I don't different. I don't know if I don't know. Let me. I'm, we'll come back to that. I'm I'm still thinking about your your story here. I mean, someone out of the blue is just like, yeah, I have no good reason. I'm, I'm, I'll just do it for this because I really, I don't want to lose your business. And the guy was just more or less felt like, hey, you should have just shot me your shot to shoot your shot to start with. Yeah. I, I can see that. I, I could also see that guy having just as much space to come back and say, well, eh, how about $5? How about $5 a mile? Yeah. When he says eight, he comes back with five. But I will admit I've been watching Pawn Stars a lot lately. <laughs> so when you're telling me that, those guys, I mean, usually the you know, seller and buyer on Pawn Stars usually come in at pretty ridiculous <laughs> high and low end far apart. So I mean, I can, I can see why this guy would, would be like frustrated. But, but in that situation, you know, local halls like that, I think there's a lot of room for that guy to come back and negotiate it. Mm-hmm. And if that guy says, no, absolutely not. I, I will not do it for less than 10 an hour. Oh, okay. Now, 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 okay. Forget it. But yeah, if I was the, the old Irishman, I'd have come back at $5 an hour, uh-huh. a, a mile, not an hour per mile. I mean, yeah, maybe I should call him and encourage him to do that. I'm, I kind of wish I didn't have to do it now. Cause I'm too busy. I got too much stuff and I don't know how I'm ever going to fit this in. So maybe I should call him and say, Hey, hit that guy up at seven. Or six. I don't say come back at five. Come back at five. See where you land. Yeah. Yeah. He might end up getting it for six. It's in it's it's just an interesting thing because so many truckers get so worked up about rates and you know what they should get to be that loose with your rate flow. Yeah, it's you know, it's all negotiable. Most truckers are pretty firm on that trucking's not negotiable. You have this is your set costs. This is what it takes. This is my acceptable profit margin. And if you're going to make more money on a deal, 
it's typically the, the margin is going to grow because you're hauling a heavier load. Like, at least in my realm, that's where it comes from. There's This just is what it is. This is the set rate. If you want to profit more than $500 today, you need to figure out a way to haul another 10,000 pounds of product and you can make $700 for the day instead of 500. And that's how you make more money is by, or getting a truck that saves you some cost maybe. And that that's where you save from. Mm. So I guess where I'm headed with this from my personal feelings of it is as a mentor or whatever is find your margins, find what's acceptable and just be square, be straight. Here's where I'm at. This is my best deal. That's it. That's where I'm at. And that's always served me really well. Just do not come back with less later if you feel like you need to work <laughs> you just you lost it you know you, you lost the shot uh, but no I have a it's actually I make my own crowns in the office uh-huh. and so I after it's milled out it's a it's a ceramic that has to crystallize and so you go into a a pretty fancy oven I mean it gets up into the I don't even remember the exact temperature maybe 4,000 degrees or something <laughs> I mean, it, it just, it's just like a super, fur, super furnace and, but it's like the size of a coffee can Really, and, and on the outside, there's no, you can't feel any heat. So you get this unbelievable temperature inside. I mean, it's, it's quite an engineering. Anyway, there's a new, a new oven out that allows you to crystallize everything faster. They've, they've been able to pressurize or create a vacuum chamber, which it'll crystallize faster in, in this situation. So. If you can, if you can do the whole process for 15 minutes faster, you may end up with another extra hour, hour and a half over the course of a day to, to do more, you know, see more patients or whatever. But this thing was, when I, when I was learning about this new oven, it was, ooh, I, I, I just didn't know how I've got two ovens currently, an older one and a newer one, and both of them are functional. I just didn't see how this one with this little bit extra time savings would make it where I, I needed to get this other than I'd just be cool to have. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I was like, nah, I'm not doing it. And then I just got an email from my rep today and it's an unadvertised, an unadvertised deal on it where it's 50% off. Ooh. So it's full 50% off. And I'm like, that kind of changes your thoughts a little. Yeah. It changes my thoughts a lot. <laughs> a lot. In fact, it's, I'm doing so it. You're doing it. It's done. <laughs> I'm doing it. It's sealed the I deal. Told her, yeah, for sure. I mean, I can't. At some point, I'm going to have to get this oven down the road and to be able to. And it's never going to just is. It's just never going to. They're probably doing this because they have an even cooler one coming out after the new year. <laughs> they got to clear these ones out. <laughs> get them gone. Can you like trade the old ones in or anything? Or you just sometimes but well you don't need to because the old ones can still do everything you need them to uh-huh. so you can still utilize them they're useful to have make a good hand warmer good hand yeah but i like with this dental equipment i don't know what their margins are because you you have outrageous sales that pop up here and they're like like those stupid 3d printers now i call them stupid even though they're great <laughs> i got those in um and they were, they're not cheap either. And like right after I got them, like a few weeks later, I found out they just released a limited time $8,000 rebate. Oh. 
And I'm like, are you, what? Doesn't that just make you crazy? Like, they don't tell us. It just comes out of the blue. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> There's an $8,000 rebate. And I just got these. And, oh. and being in a rural area, you have to have service techs come in and hook things up and get everything up and running. And so these weren't up and running. I said, I'm returning them. Then I haven't used them. I'm returning and I'm buying them right back with the rebate. She's like, seriously? Did it work? I'm like, what do you mean seriously, I'm lady? Like, it's $8,000. Yes, is that not, is that not do it. serious to you? Oh, I ended up not doing it because it was a huge hassle with it. And But, but $8,000 worth the hassle. Yeah, well, whew. Here's the thing. They're expensive enough. I, I did. I do what you don't ever do. And I financed them uh-huh. because I didn't want to, I didn't want to have that. It was like a 30, $35,000 for the 3d printer. I mean, okay. I'm going to just tell you what it costs. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good for people to know for their dental care. It probably, um, you know. it, uh, but it was almost a 0% financing was deal it? to get them. So if I returned them to get the $8,000 rebate, I'd lose your zero. You don't get a zero, you know, yeah. that, that no percent financing on them. Yeah. So I, I think that the interest over the course of a loan on those would have ended up being more than that $8,000 rebate oh. to not get that financing deal. This is, we were talking about this a little bit and this is probably fitting with this being over the Black Friday weekend. But when you, <laughs> when you buy something and this is anything, it doesn't have to be a piece of equipment. It could be a, it could be anything online. You buy something and pay the full price. And then like a week later, there's some flash sale. Uh, hey, enter promo code, nothing for no reason. And you get 20% off. And you're like, wait a minute. I, mm, I just, last week I just bought it. And the, now you're offering 20% see the thing, off. That only happens to me every time I buy <laughs> anything. Time. Anytime I buy anything, it seems like, I'm like, what? Now it's 30% off and free shipping. <laughs> like what? I just got this last week. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, so this 50% off on this thing, I might not, I'm not, not start thinking about it. Like you're trying to get me to think about it. Like why are they doing you're it? Just elated. Just, you're this is like, the first time I've ever got a deal. I'm stoked. I'm 50% off. I'm doing it. The universe is smiling at me. It's probably like reconditioned returned units or something that's just been like <laughs> lemon units. Probably. So, so that's that begs the question then. So if they're making at whatever the full price was, they're making money. They cut it in half. You know they're still making money at half price. They're not losing money to get these gone. Even when they say they're at cost, I it can't be truly a cost. Well, here's here's part of the thing is that I have to buy along with this a certain amount of a, a new of a of product. Mm-hmm. The product that I would use anyway, but this company has just come out with a new type of material to make crowns out of that seems to be a wonderful product. Mm-hmm. It's one that I, I anticipate working very well that I'll really like. So, so this, this oven makes this other product, this oven, I, this other product I can crystallize in my other ovens, but it takes way, way longer. So in this oven, this particular product, Oh, it's like tailored to the oven kind of. Yeah. So the it, oven's tailored to the it product. It works really, really good for it. Yeah. So my guess is that they anticipate making all their money. Selling product. Selling that product. So there's a type of material called zirconia that is becoming very popular to make crowns out of. Problem was, zirconia is very strong. Problem is it's, it, 
the light shines through it kind of weird so it doesn't look really natural and so the the whole thing with zirconia is the advances advance advancements have been making it more lifelike so it looks more like a natural tooth without decreasing the strength of the material and this and so there are multiple companies that have their zirconia products that that odd go through the oven cycle pretty quickly so this company who has the oven is called ivaclar and they have a zirconia product this new one that's really good but in my other ovens it takes way longer to crystallize (laughs) in the other products yeah so i think this big discount on this oven is to to get you to hook hook you on this product or this type of zirconia which which the downside of why I would maybe not switch to it is because it would take longer to crystallize in my normal ovens. But this new oven, the good thing is it it works fast for all the other products I already use. So, but I think that if we're looking at how can they offer that much of a discount, they may even consider taking a loss on it, knowing they'll recoup it in the cost of the materials you're buying. Okay. Will be my guess. Got it. So, okay. If I had to make a guess on it, that would be my, that would be my guess. But yeah, the other things, what else have I been busy up to? I I did take a a little bit of a trip for myself to Oklahoma. Yeah? What was out there? <sighs> well, There's not a lot of stuff in Oklahoma. I was in Tulsa. I have to admit, I've got this minor obsession with Tulsa right now. Do you really? I wouldn't mind moving there. Oh, Tulsa. If I, if I wasn't so connected here, I man, I, I really, really like Tulsa. <laughs> so I took, I took my oldest kid, my seven-year-old, and him and I went out to Tulsa for... I don't know, five days or so we took a... What part of Tulsa were we at? You know, I lived there for some months. I don't know what part. We were all over. The, we went all over. You probably weren't in North Tulsa. I'm not... Or South Tulsa. South's extremely rich. Sand Springs? Oh, yeah. West Sand Springs side. area. Okay, Sand Springs. So I believe. I went out there and took a lamb butchering course. So my kid and I, we did this lamb butchering course. It was three days and then... You know, my Julia, my wife, has her, her vintage clothing little shop that she does. So when Ozzy and I travel, we, we end up spending a lot of time in junk stores, antique <laughs> stores. There's all kinds of, of just little stores looking for stuff for her, for her to source that she ends up reselling. So th- there was so much cool stuff, so many cool shops in Tulsa that we spent time in. The butcher course was great. but. We found ourselves, you know, still got it. It was West Side. West Side, you got it. Wasn't, I was like, yeah. well, so Route 66 went through Tulsa, yeah. and so we were down on the old Route 66, and there's a lot of cool little, little shops. So we found ourselves in a in a shop, and it was an old guy in there. And he he was his. I mean, let me think. What he was wearing like old Indian, Native American like jewelry. Around his neck, and he had big turquoise rings on every finger. Yeah, he, he had like three different knives on his belt. Oh. Big long old white beard. Uh-huh. And he, his shop was just a collection. He had old books, few old books. He had a lot of old knives, a lot of Native American art, like carved art, some you know clothing, a lot of rocks, gems, a lot of old turquoise jewelry and old silver jewelry. It was just this hodgepodge of all kinds of stuff. And it's just stuff piled on top of each other. Like really, really cool, but just packed in. And it was him in there. And 
um, Ozzy and I were walking around and there was kind of a side room we were looking at and there were all these, like there were these wax, like cut off, deformed human heads. What? They looked really realistic, <laughs> but real creepy. And Ozzy's like, oh, look at those. I really liked like, it, yeah. He's going to look at him and the guy was kind of falling on top to him. He's like, oh, you like those to Ozzy? And, um, and uh, so he's like, yeah, they're cool. And he goes, I got, I'll show you something. And so he kind of, he had like his back room that was like these curtains. He kind of pulled these per- curtains aside and he's like, come in here. And we go into this little kind of curtained off area. And it's just more stuff piled on top of each other, you know, almost to the ceiling. And he's like, look at that thing. And so we're looking and it's a, it's a glass box. I don't know, about five feet long, six feet long. And there's a, a wax body in there what? and it's like this mummified human, you know, oh. that the lips are all full back and the teeth are all showing. And it's like, I'm like oh man, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> no kidding. And Ozzy's like face is right up yeah. on the glass looking at it. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, it's not wax. That's a real body. No way. And I'm like. I'm like, that's real, huh? And he's like, oh, yeah. What? He goes to John Wilkes Booth. Oh, jeez. I'm like, <laughs> like the guy who killed Lincoln? He's like, yep. That's John Wilkes Booth, most likely. Most likely. I'm like, like, how do you figure? And I'm like, and he starts going through this whole provenance story of, you know, went from this, you know, this guy here died, and this guy, and I'm like, and that's, you know, and I'm like, how'd you get it? He's like, Oh, there's this weird old guy that used to tour around with it and he settled out here, you know, a while back and I I ended up buying it from him before he died. I'm like, that was the weird old guy. I'm like, now you're the you're now you're the guy. The weird old guy. But I'm like in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> John Wilkes Booth, I thought like I didn't know there was any Yeah. Like I thought he I thought he'd killed Lincoln and they got him or something. And so little did I know there's a little Whoa. more little more circumstances around John wow. Wilkes Booth and what they're I think they didn't think they found them they think they found them 12 I think it was 12 days after 10 or 12 days something like that yeah I could be wrong on that so anyone can look it up and correct me but it was quite a while after he you know he shot Lincoln jumped off the stage and took off and he was in the wind for a while and they think they got him cornered in a barn and it it, there's some some circumstances around that they never maybe knew for sure if that's who they ended up killing. <laughs> Why do you have a dead body back in the back and it's like a legal dead body? I don't know if it's Is legal. Is it legal? I have I no mean, idea. Like, who cares? But like, I guess, I don't know, but it was, it was the strangest thing that I'm like, oh man, this place. And then, and then there's some things there that, that we were going to get for Julia and, and, and I'm, I'm like, I didn't have enough cash I need to go to the ATM. And he's like, yeah, just, across the street and like a couple doors up there and Ozzy's like dad can I stay here while you go get it <laughs> like well and the guy's like yeah I got more stuff to show no him <laughs> and I'm like and he's starting he's been showing Ozzy just knife after and Ozzy kept wanting to buy knives like oh, crazy way into that and I and I I don't I, I'm not gonna buy every single knife he looks at so I just kept saying uh, he, he, if he's listening to this he might he might <laughs> discover my trick I'm like yeah, we can't take it on the plane. Oh, <laughs> not gonna let us take it on the plane. Um, so anyway, this guy just kept bringing out knife after knife, and I was like, "Oh, I would get that for sure." But I can't take it on the plane. Every, I would go, "Well, I get that for sure if I could take it on the plane." And so and so, I'm like, so they're both looking at me like, "Yeah, can he can just stay here while you go get cash?" I'm like, uh, 
So yeah, because I know Rooster would have not even hesitated. He'd have left us for sure with the old guy and the I, mummy. Um, I sat there for a moment, really thinking, like, <laughs> not a chance. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, you gotta let your kids spread their wings a little bit at some point, right? Nah, there's not a chance. Not a chance. I'm in. Just I'm can't. in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You hear all the crazy things that happen in Oklahoma. Yeah. And the guy's got a mummy in the back room. <sighs> I like, left, he's got I a left, dead I guy. Left him. The, you did? I left him. <laughs> but it's for you. But I will admit that I walked the whole way to it, like watching the building, like walking almost backwards, and I was able to get there and and keep eyesight on the building the whole time. So at least I knew he didn't leave the like building. It wasn't like went off and yeah, yeah, you're just across the street. But oh man, I, I, yeah. I was like, when, he's, when he said, can I just stay here with him while you go get it? I'm like, uh, okay, well. All the places. <laughs> I know, right after he shows you the body. I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's the safest place in Tulsa I could have left him Honestly, actually. probably is. Probably. Oh man. But good for you for, you know, because you know, Parents are getting more and more, you know. But the world is getting more and more. Yeah, that's I, true. I, yeah, it's not like, yeah, there's, I mean, I think of the times where we're just left to run wild when you're a kid. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels like it's different now. Maybe it, maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe it always have been like this. Well, you listen to true crime stuff about kids getting snatched and stuff back in the 70s all the time in the cities. So maybe the cities were always the same, but you feel like some of that's kind of... But that's Spreading. not my, that's not a, yeah, I, I wouldn't, have, if I couldn't have kept eyes on that place the whole time I was, I was and it yeah. was, I'm going to say maybe a hundred yards away yeah. when it came down to it. But, but yeah, <laughs> came back and he, they had plans to, they had, they already made plans that we were going to go to the, the rock and gym club meeting in two days that was being in Tulsa. Ozzy's pockets were full of. What are those? Are they the roses of Oklahoma? They're the, the state rock of could be state rock of Oklahoma is like this. It looks like a stone rose. Yeah. His pockets are just full. He's got he just loaded down with all these. Which is, guys which is cute them. and nice because it probably made that old guy's day. You know, like he ever gets little kids in there, you know, to show stuff to. Yeah, but yeah, Tulsa man. I we we went to a lot of places in Tulsa and saw a lot of a lot of cool stuff so i i got a little obsession with tulsa right it's now it's cool and the name man it's just it's tulsa tulsa but yeah so we did that that's another so we traveled for that i've been down to arizona a few times for education the weather you know winter hasn't really set in so i hey we had the one did you end up getting the one big storm we got, got, got you got a foot of snow or whatever got one storm but it wasn't mm-hmm. real cold so we've been i've been fencing like crazy putting up new fence everywhere so mm-hmm. i Ozzy and I were out pounding post with that snowstorm because it was the ground hadn't frozen, so we could still fence. But that's around here has been going, and then just work's been busy. I think man. my last, I think the last thing we recorded together, I just got the, I think we went and got that wheat cedar because I was going to plant wheat. Mm. Remember that? Yep. Got a good deal on one, and they wouldn't sell it to me. Yeah. So I had to go buy an old junked out one for like three times the money. But I brought it home and it worked. Planted all this winter wheat and it all sprouted up because it's been so nice this mm. fall. Sprouted up. Grew and fall run has probably been a little more pleasant without a lot of snow this year. Yeah, only had like one and a half, two trips that have had any kind of road issues so far. I don't Versus know. Versus last year. That's some- year where it was just horror show of death and wind <laughs> and destruction every week. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's coming, but 
Well, no, it's been good. It's it's been smooth. We didn't have any, we didn't have anything bad. I mean, just very normal stuff. Everything kind of flowed together and customers were happy and truckers are happy. Well, all right. Well, guys, that's it for this episode. It was just kind of a get back together and talk and we'll probably still get ourselves a little more organized and start having some more pointed yeah. topics and things but this is just to kind of we'll get you know we're kind of like we say hit and miss but be patient appreciate y'all but we'll we'll kind of regroup and regather and and if any of you happen to have that you know ten thousand dollar sponsor sitting in your pocket feel free to email <laughs> let us know <laughs> yeah so uh and yeah, we'll I mean, if a guy can find a satellite image of rooster parked on the side of the road from eight years ago, somebody's got to have something. And, and up to this point, we've lost <laughs> all, I'm going to say we've lost all ethical, moral integrity, any things that we held on to about who we'd accept as sponsors. So we are wide open. <laughs> Anything, anyone, whatever. <laughs> no, no, we're just kidding about that. We have been extremely busy and it's, it is nice to sit down again. And like I say, getting away from it. I used to, I used to keep, keep a notebook with me almost all the time of just writing stuff down and thinking about, and I haven't done that for a long time. So I feel like I'm a little bit floundering here with, just no direction other than to sit down and talk. Kind of a live bit. freelance, you know. So, yeah, get something out there, and we'll we'll kind of we'll work to to grease the grease the skids up a little bit here and see if we can get rolling again. There you go. So, all right, 